Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Sometimes it can feel like our children are growing up faster than ever before. I mean, when I was growing up, tween wasn't even a word. But as our kids get older, we need to address different topics with them. Today, we're going to talk about consent and how we help our tweens understand what it means. Vanessa Hamilton is the founder of Talking the Talk, Healthy Sexuality Education. She's also the author of a new book for tweens about consent called Kit and Arlo Find a Way. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. Tweens are a very special category, aren't they? I mean, they're not babies anymore but they're still not even really young adults and they can sit on such a wide spectrum. Like you can have a tween who's still really a little girl or boy or you can have a tween who's doing all the TikTok videos. How does this kind of strange turning time of their lives, how much does that impact on the way we talk to them about consent? It's very interesting. I have three between the ages of 11 and 17, and they are all so different. And my approach to conversations about consent, respect for relationships, sex and sexuality are different with all three of them. Um, So what you need to do is embrace the teachable moments when they come up and have those conversations with them. Some of them, for example, one of them um, as a way of connecting wants to watch a not very uh, helpful television show on on, on TV of relationships, shall we say, <laughs> and they want to watch that and I, and they know that I cringe and I can't stand having that show on in, in the house, but I sat down and watched it with them and we had the best consent conversations because there were so many examples <laughs> of non-consent in that popular TV program. Uh, what's it called? Reality TV. Uh, so it's about, and whereas another one wouldn't sit down and watch that with me. So... I'll incorporate conversations about consent in everyday life whenever I can with that one. So I'm so curious about this idea of sort of slipping it into casual conversation because most of us probably go, you know, we used to say, oh, we've got to have the birds and the bees talk or our parent would come to us when we were turning 13 and give us the where did you come from book. That was my experience. Mm -hmm. With with a conversation or just the book? (laughs) Oh, no, just the book. Just left it on my bed and I just picked it up and left it on their bed. You can see we're kind of a bit of a repressed family. (laughs) But what? how do you talk about consent in a casual way so that you're not kind of, you know, pulling up stops and going, all right, now we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about consent? So for me, as a, um, a sexual health nurse of 25 years and knowing and talking about sex and sexuality all the time, I, what I think about is what I want my for my children in their journey, their intimate and sexual journey later on in life. And what I try to do is embed those decision-making skills and those values in a child-appropriate way so that they um, use those um, decision-making skills in their intimate encounters later on. Um, And one of the biggest things about consent, number one, is we need to, for those older children, eroticise consent. And so for the younger ones, we need to talk about the amazing part of having consent where two people are both into it and enjoying what you're both sharing, um, the experience you're sharing, 
because it's so much fun. So I use Lego as an example of sharing an enjoyable activity that everyone's agreeing to, that everyone's happy with, and you'll have such the best time if that's the case. It's about having empathy and generosity and reciprocity, human connection and gratitude. They're all, it's got nothing to do with sex and sexuality. That's just being kind to other people. And also having that sense of self and that body autonomy that what they want and their rights are as important as anyone else's. And some other aspects related to, so when they're, in, when they're um, talking about uh, situations that have happened at school or with their friends, I like to add in things like, well, you know, you need to create a safe space for someone to say no, for someone to change their mind, for someone to say, well, initially they wanted to play that, but they don't have to keep playing it if they don't want to. And you should be proud of yourself that you gave them a space that they could say, you know what, I don't really feel like doing this today. And it's, and it's flip side as well, right? You want them to know that if they start playing a game that they no longer want to play, that they can also have the courage to say, I'm going to step out of this. Yep. And part of the, the thing about consent, and we, we talk about having affirmative ongoing consent, but the situation is humans are complex. We don't always know what we want. We might want to start playing the Lego game, and we said we did, but then later on we actually really didn't want to do that. And we, we don't know that till we're exploring it. Um, and so as I'm talking, you think about the sexual analogies and that's how I like pe- the adults to think about um, that because we're having such problems with disrespect and lack of consent in young people and adults, think about what you want them to know as young people so it's embedded and that will help them. I like that idea because I must admit that, you know, especially after the Me Too movement, reflecting on my own experience as an adult and my experiences with sex, I thought all I want for my kids is for them to have the confidence to say, I'm not into this, and also the respect to allow someone else to say that to them. So what you're saying is if we can embed in them that idea of consent when it comes to everyday Mm. things, that when they're older and they move into the sexual realm, they'll have that in their sort of DNA in a way. But you also touched on there with older kids, you need to sort of move that conversation into the more of the erotic Mm. space. How do you breach that conversation? And also, how do you know when to breach that conversation? Well, parents have to put their big brave pants on because (laughs) parents, you're going to have to talk about pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... What I want, there's two things to talk about here in, and that is just to think currently where did children currently get their main information from about consent, respect for relationships and sex and sexuality. I, I would say there's a bubble over here and it's from social media, popular culture, pornography, internet, TV, all those things. The bubble on the other side is where we really want them to get their information from and that's the classroom and from home because research tells us when they have good, age-appropriate, comprehensive, adequate sexuality, respect and consent education throughout their young years, they have much better outcomes later on in life. So my take-home message for parents here today is who do you want to be the person who teaches your child about each topic related to sex and sexuality? Who do you want to be the, the, the source of information? Now, hopefully you're all saying 
I do, me. You know, sometimes when I'm doing a parent session, your par- parents say, Vanessa, can you come and do it? And I'm like, no, sorry, I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you need to be the... Be- I didn't know that was an option. No, it's not an option. Can't pay me enough. It's hard enough with my own three. Thanks anyway. Um, <laughs> but we need to be positive. We need to talk about pleasure. And you need to say, which I do when I get the opportunity, is to say, oh, doing that together, that intimate, sexual, wonderful thing, it feels awesome when two people are into it. So does playing in the sandpit when you both want to make the same sandcastle. You know, it feels great. It doesn't feel great when you're making someone else do that or making them feel guilty for doing that, for not wanting to play with that. So you need to say, yeah, it's the best outcome. We've got to talk about pleasure. Pleasure's not a dirty word. If we're, if we're thinking about tweens at this point, you know, where you're trying to talk to them about consent and you're using an age-appropriate way of talking about it, as you mentioned, just, you know, talking about when you're playing a game together and you're both enjoying playing the game, that sort of thing. Do you also need to include in that conversation things about body autonomy? Absolutely. I've got about 23 ingredients for consent. (laughs) It's complex. It's not just consent. Just like sex has hardly anything to do with what we think of when we hear the word sex. You know, it's human sexuality. It's about being human. Consent is just being human. Consent is relationships because if there's no consent, there's no relationship because it's it's a harmful relationship. It's disrespectful. Um, so we get caught up on this word consent and people think that it's always got to do with sex. It's got to do with being human and being kind and relationships and connections with other people. And that starts with body autonomy, that sense of self, that deservedness, that they should be respected and should be able to speak up. And if they can't, they need to get away from that person when they can. We need to talk about, um, as I said before, generosity and reciprocity, especially empathy. I wonder what that person, how they might feel um, if you're sort of forcing them to do that. That's one of the things we say to teenagers with sexting, for example. If you're asking someone to send a nude image How do you think they might feel when they know they don't want to do that, but you're pressuring them to do that? It's about honesty and trusting, being ethical, making sure that everyone's equal. And the other thing that we miss a lot is this idea of yes and no. And I like us to think about encouraging the kids and think about this as little kids playing games, et cetera, that everyone should be responsible for the yes. So, for example, you shouldn't... Uh, you know your best friend doesn't like scary movies. You know it keeps them up late at night and they'll have nightmares. So don't even suggest that the scary movie is what we'll be watching at the sleepover. You know, so don't suggest something you know that that other person's going to have to be the gatekeeper of the no. I see what you mean. Yeah, very interesting. Does that make sense? It's a bit complex, but it's, yeah. Mm. So tell me about your latest book, is this, should I just get it? I and mean, is that going to make my life easier? Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> I hope so. It's my first book and I've co-authored it with the brilliant Ingrid Laguna, who is a um, renowned children's author. And she has crafted the ideas in my head about consent and what I want kids to know into the most engaging, child-friendly page turner that we know kids are going to love. We've already run it past them. They, they love it. Um, it's about... Kit and Arlo and navigating the world of relationships. And I don't want to give too much away, but yes, you should get it because <laughs> what it, it doesn't talk about sex or sexuality at all, really. I mean, sexuality in the sense that there's diverse characters in the in the story. But at the end of each chapter, 
is um, extension questions and topics for you to further the conversation. Oh, what was Kit thinking about when that when she said that to Arlo? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt you couldn't say that you didn't want to do something? And, you can, and so those conversations and questions are in the back of the book. And then on top of that, with the book, there's a whole website that's going to have videos from me with uh, support for parents and teachers on those difficult conversations, those really tricky things and what pushes our buttons, as well as lesson plans for teachers to use in the classroom for consent. And I should mention it is firmly pitched at tweens. So we're talking a story set in a playground in a school in a school scenario and because I was just I was a little bit thrown by the title because I thought this isn't a picture book is it and it's not it's it's actually very (laughs) complex and I think nuanced and, and and suits that age level so that's what I find really interesting about it so it's eight to 12 and the things that happen in that story happen to them now in the classroom the bullying behavior from some of the kids the older cousin and at the the visitor at the house and the older cousin and what that cousin has exposed the kids to, um, you know, making decisions about which which club to go to at school when you really want to go to singing club, but your friend wants you to go to book club, um, and they're making you go to it and you really don't feel like you can stand up for yourself. So, someone was reading it recently and gave us a feedback. They said I felt I just I started reading it and I sat there and read the whole thing because I just wanted to know what was going to happen next and there are a few <laughs> big things that happen but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, those are the little surprises at the end. Well, Vanessa, it sounds like this is a very nuanced topic and conversation we need to start having with our kids. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to read the book with my child <laughs> and keep learning about this, but thank you so much for your insight on it today. Thank you for the opportunity. That's Vanessa Hamilton. She's the author of Kit and Arlo Find a Way, Teaching Consent to 8 to 12-year-olds. And for more information on the work that Vanessa does, please check out the links in the episode notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.